Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pastalka, and with me today, I have none other than Lori Hybe. How are you doing today, Lori? Great. It's five o'clock yeah. my time, so yeah, wrapping up an awesome day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Lori, if you if you don't know Lori, uh, we've we've been on a few panels together doing some other things around e-commerce. Lori is the founder of Keystone Click, been in the digital marketing, content development, website building uh, space for a lot of years. I thought it'd be great to get you on, Lori, and talk a little bit to more today about digital marketing or marketing in general that really drives success. Because I think a lot of people get get confused, confuse action with effective. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Love it. So let's, let's start back a little ways. And, you know, how did you get into marketing? What really intrigued you about it and, and got you going? Sure. So um, I actually started going to school for commercial art, which might right. date me because I don't think it's called commercial art anymore. It's more like graphic design. <laughs> um but when I was in a sociology class, you know, we talked about how uh, brands and messaging kind of influence uh, culture and people's decision makings. And I was just really fascinated by that. So as a creative individual who um, wanted to find a career path that really focused on creativity, I thought commercial art was really the only path that I could pursue. But once I learned about marketing, um, I was just fascinated by the concept and the topic. And I, I went all in, I changed my degree. So instead of getting an associates in commercial art, um, I went and got a, a bachelor's in, in marketing and, and a master's in, in business administration. So wow. I went all in. Wow. You did. You did. That's quite a change going. You're going to be in the commercial arts space. Then you went mm -hmm. into marketing and then an MBA. So yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So when when you're out there today looking at digital marketing and people are doing it, what are some of the things that you go, wow, I just wish they would have not, you know, or I guess what are some of the biggest mistakes you see? Oh, how much time do we have? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. One of the biggest mistakes. Oh, I just had this conversation today, actually, with a new, new client that we kicked off. Um, we we're talking about redoing their website, which we're, we're redoing their website. And we, and she was, uh, saying that we don't need a blog on our site because we just post enough stuff on social media. So stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> we, I will always be a huge advocate for a blog. And here's the reason being, you can post on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, TikTok, whatever it is, Instagram, um, but you don't own those channels. I mean, this yeah. year alone, we saw what happened. Facebook shut down. And what if what if they never went back up again? 
but you put all your eggs in your followers and Facebook. So, so any sort of credibility, any content that you've created is basically thrown out the door. 100%. The goal is to leverage these social man, uh, social media channels to drive people to your website because you own that content and you can build and establish that trust and the rapport and nurture those relationships on that platform. So I would say that is the number one biggest mistake I have is people think a blog is stupid. Everyone else is already writing stuff out there. I'll just use social media. That's okay. We're going to just, a blog is stupid. Everyone else is out there writing about it. And it, I just going to put it on social media. That's I'm going to, we're going to pull that one out as a, as a thing, because I, I agree a hundred percent. It's, it's, you know, you don't own, like you said, you don't own that on those channels and mm-hmm. you don't know what they, I mean, they could change tomorrow and your stuff could be gone or, or not viewed by anyone. Sure. Uh, depend upon what they want to do. But the, the power of a blog is, is sometimes, well, marketing in general, let's mm-hmm. just, let's put it this way. Um, I think some people get confused with, and think that somehow marketing is going to magically turn dollars and revenue on tomorrow. And isn't marketing really more of a long-term play for people? It is. Yes. It, it's a, it's a huge long-term play. And, and I see a lot of uh, brands like on social media ads that are creating short-term wins. At least that's what they're promoting. Mm-hmm. But the reality is you have to do your homework and do your research to really understand your customer. And that takes time, you know, to get really clear on that customer and get really clear on what is what is the goal that you're trying to achieve by pushing a message out there? What is that action that you want them to take? But when you get clear on that, you still have to figure out how do I... How do I craft a message that's so intriguing and enticing that they're going to want to actually click on this link and take the next step to potentially, um, you know, fill out this form on my website? But even then, especially in the B2B space, because I know we're, we're very much focused on the manufacturing audience here. Mm-hmm. It's it's not I have this this big pain and I'm going to go buy this half million dollar machine tomorrow to solve that problem. There's a huge window of time. That, that in that buying and customer journey process if you know, I've got this pain, I'm going to want to research it a little bit and figure out what are some options available to me to solve this problem that I have, mm-hmm. you know, can I fix it myself? Can I um, hire someone to, to fix it for me? Do I just have to go buy something new? Um, and then they're trying to figure out what are their options? They're weighing their options. They're asking their network what do you recommend? They're watching videos online. They're reading articles or blogs on people's websites that help mm-hmm. educate them on this. They're um, reading the reviews about these companies before they even fill out that contact form. All this information is happening. And this could be a period of six months, a year, or three years, you know, but you have to keep nurturing so that when the time is right that they want to buy, there's no hesitation in their mind who it is that they actually want to buy from. Ah, time is right. No hesitation. I'm writing little notes because that's that's some gold right there. So your marketing gives them the information they need about you, how you do things, so that when the time is right, there's no hesitation in selecting you. Yeah, it's it's that uh, top of mind awareness. Yeah, I mean, for when when newspapers were were the jam, <laughs> when people actually bought them, you open up the last page, and every single Sunday would be the local car dealership ad. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's because when someone was ready to buy, they wanted you to see 
their cars and their ads. So it was always in the paper. They all car, car dealerships were always advertising in the paper for that exact reason, top of mind mm -hmm. awareness. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So as you, as you go down the road with this, what are now the first thing that comes to mind when people start looking about digital marketing and you just said, Oh, you're going to need a blog. You're going to go, Oh man but how do I create content? I've never done that before. That's the, the biggest, I, I think it's a, a huge, like it, people look at it, it's like Mount Everest in front of them and I have to get <laughs> to the other side before yep. I, I'm, I'm going to build content. But what are some of the things that you see people doing once you're helping them to really figure out the content generation um, challenge? say for the last so uh, helping them solve that challenge or just yeah yeah so i mean the easy uh starting point is what are the the top questions people are asking you everyone's getting at questions asked of them during the sales process so so start writing them down you already answered them so you already have content maybe mm -hmm. you even wrote the answer in an email to someone and then just copy paste tweak it a little bit and there's your your blog post and go deeper on it. Elaborate on on that problem, um, that question, and the solution that you're able to provide them. Um, and just think about your core offering, and think about what are what are the top questions that people just ask me. What are the who questions, the what, the how, the when, the why, the yes no questions. Think about how you would answer those questions, and um, and start answering them. And that's your starting point for for blog content. And this is going to serve two purposes. One, most times people are typing a, a, a question related, you know, that's their format of their search query. How do yep. I do this? Why is this happening? What's the difference between, you know, so think about your own search habits. You don't just type in car, you type in, you know, what's the best car of 2022, you know? So there's a question. So if you're typing in the name of your blog is that the question that someone asked you, that's going to actually help you with your search engine rankings and um, help you get found easier by the individual that actually typed that question in. Yeah. I think that's, that's one of the things that people fail to realize too. They go, Oh, this is this huge mountain of, of building content. And there's so much there. If they just think back through the last 10 customer interactions, what questions they were asked during those, those times and write about it. Uh, it, it works pretty, pretty well, quite honestly. Yeah. Well, and, and if someone's asking this question, likely someone else is asking it. So if you've got a client or a potential, you know, prospective new customer and they ask you this question, your response would be, Hey, we've got some really great information on our website. The answer is this, here's my short answer, but if you want more, then you can send the link. So you're actually adding even more value to that pro prospective new customer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and then the, the other thing that I think that, that you, you promote and, and I think is, is really good is, is telling people how you solve problems and explaining how you solve problems completely. I mean, mm -hmm. so if they really wanted to, they could do it themselves. Sure. Yeah. We talked uh, about that last week, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So now going down that road a little bit, you, you, I, I think it's a wonderful thing. I tell people all the time and they wonder why, why I send them examples of, you know, here's a spreadsheet. If you want to do it here, you can start from here. You want to do that? Go ahead here. This is what I would do. And so in your, in your experience, how much does that, that really uh, help 
them understand you better by by sharing that much information. A hundred percent. I I I've it changes the sales conversation. Actually, is what I've experienced. <clears throat> Sorry, little froggy in my throat. So instead of the sales conversation being, I'm educating you on our expertise by sharing the expertise and the knowledge we have. Um, I've had conversations with prospective clients where they're just ready to buy. They're like, I, I already know you can do it. You know, there's, there's, I don't have to do my normal sales process. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. the magic of this is yeah. there. I've already proven that I know what to do. And what I love about this philosophy, I mean, the analogy that, that I used last, last week when we chatted was mm -hmm. um, the cooking shows. I mean, I, I love watching cooking shows. I love to cook. But yeah. you, you, I will pay money for an amazing steak to be made for me. You know, as as hard as I try to make it as good as Gordon Ramsay, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the idea. Is I will, I'll, I'll pay the money for the experts who just showed me they already know how to do this, um, because they just literally walked me through the process of doing it. It's well, a steak philosophy. That's that's awesome because as you reframed it the way you did today, it it really it does make a lot more sense with me. And I think if you're gonna show someone how you how they could solve the problem if they, if you were them, they do see that you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, well, they do see how you would do it, and if it makes sense to them, and they don't you know don't want to DIY it, they are gonna. It does change the sales conversation an awful lot. Well, I, sure. I I have a, a another example. You know, early, early COVID when, I don't know about you, but jumped on big, big Zoom networking calls with 50 people on the call, you know, and um, someone would, had asked a question about SEO and there was myself and, you know, three other digital marketers on the call. And I just kind of sat back. I knew the answer to the question, um, but I kind of wanted to see what everyone else had said. And everyone else kind of just gave a really fluffy answer. And I just jumped in and was like, here, this is what you got to do. Boom, boom, boom. And to this day, I get people saying, you just laid it out there. And I'm, when I'm ready, I'm going to hire you. And <laughs> just that, that's the example. I just, here's what you got to do. You never know who's listening, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Now there's one thing that, that you do when you talk about, um, the, content and back to back to sharing how to do this mm -hmm. one of the things i think that you do and if people haven't gone to the keystone click website you need to do it there's a lot of good free resources there but one of the things that that i think you do a really good job of ex is explaining how to build that content and can you explain your your i believe it's the lotus flower mm -hmm. how you use that to, yeah. to build content a little bit yeah so the idea Lotus blossom, there's a lot of different ways to, to think about this. I always like to say peeling the onion too. So it kind there of goes go. back to, you know, what is what is a core offering that you really want to make sure that people are, you're viewed as the expert in this space. So for example, I'll just say website design. You know, it's something that uh, we were talking earlier, it's super hot right now. Everyone's coming to us for websites, which is awesome. Um, so what are my, what questions? So what platform should I build my website on? Or where's my website going to be hosted? You know, so I'm just kind of thinking, how much is this going to cost? Who's going to be working on my website? How long is it going to take to get it done? So these are all the questions that I'm hearing. And I, and I kind of build this out on my, the Lotus Blossom. 
But then I go a little bit deeper, peeling the onion. Okay, so when they're saying, how long will this take? So what other questions kind of or topics of conversation align with that question? How long will this take? Well, I know that mm -hmm. there's risks on my end. I know that there's risks on their end that can impa impact the, the timeline. Um, and we have the holidays coming up. So there's a lot of different nuggets that you can kind of dive into. Um, and and that's more the the peeling the onion, expanding the lotus blossom and and kind of finding these, these little small nugget petals that all feed into that core um, piece of content ultimately. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that, that that analogy and looking at it like that is is really nice because if you look around your core topic that you want to teach people around mm -hmm. and then and then you go okay um you know if you just picked a topic like injection molding it could have been mm -hmm. plastic selection tooling design you know and you've got you've got uh whatever tolerancing or whatever there there's a a, a a hundred things around that, mm -hmm. that, that you could then go, okay, plastic selection. And then you can go off on that when a bunch of different things that you would do, is it need to be UV, you know, is it going to be outside, you know, so you could do an article on plastics for the outdoors yep. or something like that, you know, and, and just how that really helps you keep things focused in on your main subject. Yep. Because otherwise I think you could get really fragmented and your marketing doesn't really cohesively uh, educate people the way you want it to. Yeah, you, you definitely want to showcase your expertise and you want to have a unique positioning statement too. So when you're crafting this content, you want to have something that you strongly believe in or stand for. So um, plastic injection molding, maybe you have a difference of opinion than 80% of the industry, but you believe that adding this extra material um, lengthens the life of the product, you know, or something like that. And, and that like you stand your foot ground on that and you always do this with every single project that you work on. Tell that that's what makes you different. That's what's going to draw people in goes, well, I want to make sure my product lasts longer. And if this is their positioning and this is how they function, I'm interested in talking to them. That's a great point because that that unique value proposition with your company is so important. And and you know, injection molding would be a great a great uh, place to think about that, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of injection molders. Oh yeah, there's a lot of them. But why are you different? What what or why are you special? Well, we do low volume, super high or low low quantity, super high, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, super. Prototyping, fast yeah, turnaround, yeah. yeah, all, yeah. There's all different specialties you <laughs> uh -huh. can get in, and we only only do it for you know people who live in Connecticut or mm -hmm. whatever the heck you know <laughs> you could you could do. But that's that's good because that differentiator does then then help people that are looking for that specific kind of help mm -hmm. find you easier. Yep. So when we think about marketing now, and I, I shouldn't be now, but it should have been like this for a long time. One of the things that I've been slowly realizing over the last couple of years is a lot of the marketing has been done really bad because it's really trying to sell with email and blog posts and other things like that. So tell me the difference between that, you know, when you get that blatant sales kind of pitch marketing thing and what you really should be doing over time to nurture people. 
Yeah. Your, your, your right customers. That, that, that's the, the buzzword. The keyword is nurture. Uh, and, you know, we've all experienced the, the LinkedIn connect request that turns into the automatic sales pitch. And, and I equate that to you're asking me to get married to you right away. We haven't even been on a first date yet. And, and really, I think it's, it's that, that story of dating. You're, you're, you're creating a relationship. You're learning about each other. You're establishing trust with the, each other so that eventually, maybe one day, we'll get married. And, that, and that's really that same business relationship. And from the marketing perspective, a lot of what marketing is doing is that nurturing. It's, it's I'm, a, I'm showcasing my expertise and providing value to you. Um, and getting you to to know where my strengths and my weaknesses are. Um, you like me and you you trust me. No, you know, I know you like you trust you. Um, but that's an important component is trust. I mean, are you going to do business with someone you don't trust? So it's you have to really build and establish that trust, and you do that by providing value, following yeah. through. You know, if you say you're going to do something. Hey, I've got a great blog on my website that further answers this question. Make sure you actually send that email with the link to the blog post. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. And that, that's the thing that, that I've really noticed over time is that you don't see a lot of good marketing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I don't know if it's because I'm the recipient in a lot of bad marketing, <laughs> but, but it, well, because I, I honestly, I sign up for a lot of things just to see what's sure. coming in. And then there sure. is there there are some good ones. Don't get me wrong. I'm just kind of adjusting now. But but the 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 vast majority of the ones that you get out of out of nowhere are just hey buy this whatever it's mm-hmm. going to make your life wonderful kind of thing. And and we know that that's not the truth. So the when you get into it and you start looking at at a marketing for for a B two B client, what what do you typically see the cycle before they're they're going to go into this marketing phase and they're going to start with their outreach and the other things they're going to do. How long does it typically take before they really start to see the benefits of the marketing? Oh, I'm going to give you the very typical marketing answer here, Damon, which is it depends. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on the industry and how competitive it is, you know, so some uh industries like let's say plastic injection molding maybe they're ahead of the game and there's a lot of people that are really on the forefront of it but some others like you know steel die casting you know, I'm, I'm not sure if i'm saying that correctly um maybe they're behind the game so if no one else in the industry is actually marketing correctly online it's going to be faster wins for them so i'd say let's yeah. look at how compet what are your competitors doing and are they actually leveraging the tools of the internet properly or not. Um, yeah. And then I'd, I'd also look at what is the typical sales cycle for that that business in that industry. So really the goal would be to help shorten the sales cycle. And that's where leveraging um, digital marketing and some marketing automation components to help nurture those opportunities, can, if, if done well, can be extremely effective. Yeah, because I think, I think one of the biggest problems when I, when I, work with business owners and we talk about marketing they go how do i know if it's working mm-hmm. i mean it's honestly it's the basic question because they're spending money and how do they really know and when should they when should they go hey this is awesome because i'm or when should i pull the plug 
because it's it's what we're you know as business people you me everyone else that's what we're conditioned to doing we're going to try things and we're going to pull the plug if it doesn't work so Mm -hmm. if you were on the other side of the table how do you how do you tell them how do you help them understand is it working or not or are we moving in the right direction or not? Sure. Yeah. So um, what what moves the needle is the question that we're always asking internally. But with any engagement, what's really important is to get really clear on what is the goal that we're trying to achieve. And we position that in SMART goals. Let's be specific. It's measurable. It's attainable. It's, um, re- is it realistic? No, there's a different one. Our <laughs> and time sensitive. Uh, but the idea is that we're very clear on what the objective is. We know we're go- how we're going to measure um, measure it, and then we, you know, set out the timeline that says this is the the in, the time that we intend to achieve this goal. But that can also there's a lot of variables involved with that. You know, how aggressive oh, yeah. do we want to be to try to is this a a three year plan? Is this a six month plan? I mean, there's a a lot of components, and that's really understanding where we want to be. You have to look at where are we today. And yeah. you get those benchmarks for the items that you agree to measure. And if, if we're in the upward trajectory with those benchmarks from, you know, day one to let's say 90 days, 180 days in, then we're on the right path. But if things are dropping, you know, or there's no movement, then then that's when you say, okay, it's time time to make some adjustments to this plan. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I, I, I come back to it again when we, when we talk about marketing with any business and it's like, that that question, how how to know if it's working or not, and I think you 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 laid it out well with figure out the goals, and if you're hitting the goals, then then you know then keep going or refine and mm-hmm. and try to make the goals to hit them even or exceed them, but it's one of those questions I know is lingering in the in the minds of of business executives when they go yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out money now and i i'm going to commit to it for the next year or something like that is is do i what am i getting well and that that's always a big question is you know a lot of people want to see that i spent x amount of dollars in marketing and it equaled x amount of dollars in new business but what is the true attribution is extremely challenging Mm -hmm. to, to come by so um, you know, I always like, I think you've heard my vacuum story before where, you know, I, we were looking for a new vacuum. Um, I just did some Googling because that's, you know, what's the best vacuum? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Watch the videos. I talked to a bunch of friends. I got, you know, three different like high level recommendations that I zoned in on. But at the end of the day, I ended up making my buying decision for this consumer product because I was in a store. And one of the three vacuums that I was considering was on sale. Yeah. So at what point do I say, you know, was it the Facebook ad or was it the recommendation from a friend or was it the Google, the article I read on Google? At what point can I attribute that that is the reason I bought that specific item? Yeah, it's, it's really, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, if, if we could answer this question, we would be, (laughs) You know, it, it would be the panacea for a lot of business mm-hmm. uh, business executives because I know they struggle with it a lot. And and the other thing is, is I think there's a lot of the fact that um, 
the old the old adage of you stopping three feet from gold, you know, because mm-hmm. it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and then people go, ah, we're done. We're you know, it didn't it didn't turn into sales fast enough or sure. like we thought it was, and they pull back. But I think you you've laid out some good things there is to really look at the goals. And mm-hmm. I think if you work with your if you're working with the right marketing people, you can then look at things that should say like if we if we say web and then this is probably not right but if you look at website visitors Mm -hmm. or length of time on your website or the pages that they're visiting on your website and we should see more people doing the certain actions that we're trying to have them do Mm -hmm. um that could be a precursor to hey our marketing is working yeah or a a, an indicator that are not a precursor but an indicator that our marketing is working yeah. Visitors um, going up. Time on site is up. Um, email subscriptions. You know, do we have more people sign up for our email list? Even just more followers on social media. I know that's one that's argued. Like, I don't care how many followers. Well, at the same time, that's that brand awareness. They, they're yeah. basically raising their hand saying, I want to hear from you. That's yeah. why people follow. So there's there is some validity to to that specific metric. But getting really clear on what you're trying to achieve knowing the tactics that you're implementing in order to, to achieve that goal. And then you align the measurement with the specific tactics that you intend to, to execute is just going to give you that, that path of it's working or it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good because this is, well, I mean, I don't know how many times that you get asked that question, uh, and probably not nearly as many because you're you're setting those goals right up front much better than than probably some of the other people. I would I've say I get with. the question a lot on the sales side of things. Yeah. I actually have a, a webinar that we teach on it, but it, it's extremely difficult for individuals to fully comprehend because at the end of the day, they're just saying, I spent X on marketing. I want to see Y in sales. Yeah. But the other side of that, too, so marketing's job isn't necessarily to always sell. I mean, if it's an e-commerce site, that's a different story. Yep. But, you know, if you're if you're selling, uh, you know, plastic injection molding or a half million dollar piece of equipment, um, it's a salesperson's job. Marketing's job is to, you know, here's a nice qualified lead. They're raising their hand because they're interested in what we're selling. So, you know, there's that struggle, too. Yeah. And that, that is, you bring up a great difference is is some people, when you talk about digital sales, digital market, digital marketing and digital sales, Mm -hmm. they think, well, everybody goes to e-commerce. Why don't sell on Amazon? But the reality of it is if I'm selling a a half a million dollar piece of CNC equipment, my marketing should be doing exactly what you said. It should be bringing potential leads to me that are interested in our products because we've showed them about our products and how they work and the, the, the kinds of things they can do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that is still the salesperson's job to take that lead and go through their process to, to bring it into a sale. Yeah. And I would say the majority of companies do not do a good job of tracking that information. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, that. You mean just the leads and then or just what's the happening? source, the source of the lead, even the source, you of know? Leads, yeah. yeah. So if they're, if they're tracking the source of the lead, you know, Oh, it came off our website. Great. So how did they get to the website? You know, I mean, there's, there's tools that can help you measure that, but 
you know, I, I don't necessarily want to go down this rabbit hole, oh, yeah. but there's a lot that's changing when it comes to data collection online, mm -hmm. which is going to make it harder to have that true attribution to, yeah. you know, the activities that we're doing. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I had a conversation with a client a few months ago who said, yeah, I don't think the marketing's really working for me. I might want to consider canceling my services. And then he also said, we're having the best year ever. <laughs> I'm like, Maybe these two are yeah. going hand in hand right now. <laughs> and, and that's, <laughs> you bring up a great point, right? Because mm -hmm. people, people sometimes don't correlate the fact that mm -hmm. maybe I, maybe I sent out a thousand great pieces of, of marketing to the right people mm -hmm. and you don't even know that's why they came to you. Yep. But when you're, when things are going well like that, stopping something like that's almost kind of counterintuitive because yeah. you don't know what is the the uh, catalyst and it's probably better to find the catalyst and and use that a little bit more mm -hmm. well and then you, you have to ask those questions how did you find us you yeah. know what what brought you to us and you know how long have you been following us you know, it's not they may have found you on Google, but maybe it was three years ago and they've just started engaging with you or sign up for your newsletter. I mean, you, you don't know unless you are tracking tracking these things. Yeah. And ask the questions. They're easy questions to ask. Yeah. I tell you, the, when I when I when I talk with people like yourself that understand marketing and I think about the sales process, the sales process is getting the overall from marketing to a customer in a b2b kind of thing where we're not selling a you know not selling a five dollar pen mm -hmm. um the complexity is really increased over the last 10 years almost exponentially mm -hmm. because of the way that that if you aren't if if, if you are not marketing now someone can literally set up halfway across the world and take your business easily and yeah. and i think that's that's when we look at manufacturing across the you know the us the the reluctancy for a lot of people to do the marketing is because of the complexity mm -hmm. and they see the complexity and they don't understand they don't understand how do i know if it's working because they're used to building building a, a building a widget building a product building whatever and i can see i made a hundred today and i know i can sell a hundred if they someone wants to buy them yep so they can't see how to measure this but it is something that's necessary and that they literally can lose their business to someone around on the other side of the earth if mm -hmm they're not careful. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not standing out online, you're basically going to slowly disappear. Yeah. You have to be present and, and it's the, it's the shiny objects, you know, it's all the flashing lights uh, on the street. It's, you know, the billboards, there's, there's always going to be some level of competition. But your, your goal is to really get clear on your value proposition, your unique dif differentiator, mm -hmm. create content that's going to um, connect and resonate with that ideal customer that you want to be working with and do that on a consistent basis. Make sure that content is value driven. It's helping to answer some of those questions that we are talking about. But you're, you're constantly in front of them so that you maintain that, that brand awareness, that top of mind awareness. Like we talked about, they know right away 
when they're ready to buy who they're going to call. And that's, as I talked to earlier, it changes the sales conversation. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, I really, I think I'm going to stop on this train of conversation because you said it so well right there about just, you know, be consistently delivering some valuable content to them. So they remember who you are and what you do and, and how you do it. And, and that's, that's the best. And, and then as we talked about before, just, figure out what you want to measure, have somebody help you, but just to see if it is, if it is driving the needle the right way. Mm -hmm. So I've got to ask a couple questions. So we talked about that far longer because it is, it is, I mean, it drives me batty because you're trying to help people. Right. And, and it's like, yeah. how do I know if my marketing's working? Mm -hmm. But you helped to answer that, that a bit and, and some of the other things. So that's very cool. Uh, so Lori, I've got to, I've got to ask you teach at school. And I was thinking about this now. How do you think teaching helps you in in your work on a daily basis? Oh, it's so helpful, honestly. Yeah. And um, I haven't I haven't been teaching this last semester, um, but I would say it's uh, what did I do like four years. I taught at the university. Yeah. It kept me connected to the core principles of our offering. Um, it allowed me to influence the next generation of people going into the industry. Very cool. Um, and create some relationships. I actually ended up hiring two students over the four year period. So that was also neat to like, yeah. oh, you're a rock star. Let's have a conversation after class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so finding talent. Um, and, and it, re it, it helped me to stay current too, because, you know, there is some, some things, you know, when I went to school, social media was not taught because it didn't exist. Yeah. Um, but, you know, then I'm teaching it. And it was really interesting to get the the educators, you know, the, the teacher's book on on how to teach social media. I'm like, oh, that's really fascinating. Like their perspective versus just what I've learned and observed over time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, when you when you hear people talking about teaching, they say it, it, it helps you to learn the subject better because mm -hmm. you've got to know it so well to do that. And yep. I, I think that's really unique in your situation where you were teaching for those years and, and really helping people do that, learn uh, the the marketing techniques and some of the other things. And it, and it probably made you think like you just, the social media example, you think about things from a different perspective too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's, that's cool. So now we talked about this a little bit more. So you are a hockey player. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, and you, you play hockey like most people. I don't know. There might be some people like golf like that or stuff like it. But yeah. Uh, so <laughs> when did you start playing? Uh, well, my dad coached and played his whole life. Okay. Um, so I basically grew up in an ice rink, but I was on – women weren't necessarily, you know, big in hockey, you know, somewhat – I wouldn't say taboo, but just wasn't normal – so I would say when I was 16 and is actually of an age where I could drive myself to the rink is when I started playing hockey consistently. Okay. And, and now you, you play this on leagues and you play a couple of le uh, leagues a year. So yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you like the most about playing hockey? Oh, that's, I don't, I don't even know how to answer that question. Besides it's, I think it's the best sport. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why do you think it, it's the best sport? I, it's challenging because you're on ice. You're on oh, these no. tiny yeah. blades. 
it's a very yeah. mental game and a physical game. So um when you have to you have to first know how to skate, like that's a that's just a critical skill. Yeah. Then you have to understand the rules of the game and and know and anticipate what's gonna happen. I mean, you know, some sports you have that, some you don't. Um, mm -hmm. so it, it's a big mental game and a and a big physical game. Um, I mean, I burn more calories in one hour of skating than I do any other workout ever, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a great stress reliever and um, overall a really good community. I mean, everyone that I know that plays hockey, I'd say 95% of the people I know that play hockey are really awesome human beings. Yeah. Well, and just, just from the little bit that I've been around it with the, the younger teams playing around us. Now we actually have an NHL team here too. I'm going to go see that soon, but um, the speed on the ice is always amazing to me. The speed, just this, the pure speed on the ice. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you guys can get moving that fast. Yeah, and, I, have, and, I have hockey legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it is. And, and like you said, it's, it's an interesting, um, it is a, it is really, you have to plan where you're going to be because mm -hmm. it's not like you can stop and start the same way you can on, on uh, land. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that it's not covered with a few inches of ice. So cool. Cool. Yeah. And when you, when you, uh, let's see. So when you look for the future of hockey, are you going to be the next hockey coach in your area? Are you going to start doing that when you get <laughs> That's I, you know, I've, I've thought about it cause I know the game inside and out. I'm not necessarily the, the most talented player. Um, I, that may be something I do when I'm not doing all the other things that I'm doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy after I, after I had to quit, I played baseball and after mm -hmm. I quit playing, I enjoyed coaching an awful lot. And, sure. and actually, if you, if you start coaching and I'm sure this is the same way in any sport, as you mm -hmm. start coaching the higher levels, uh, I, it's, it's like, man, don't put me out coaching a high school team anymore. I don't want that kind of stress. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, only when you get into the college, I can't even imagine when you get the pros, I still can't, I can't even <laughs> fathom, you know, right. So, but that would, with uh, your experience on the ice, I, I bet you're going to be a sought after commodity when you, when you decide to put up the skates and, and, and go into coaching. <laughs> My goal is to skate as long as I possibly can. Oh yeah, that too. That, that's that too. you know, there's a guy that I play hockey with um, in the summer months, and he's 71 years old, and he oh my, better than me. Um, I mean, he's been playing for a very long time, and I'm, cool. my goal is to I'm going to be him. I'm going to be in my 70s go. and still playing like it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. Because it is that you need that break from the mental mm -hmm. with the physical. To totally. keep your 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 mind and body in balance, that's Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. So when you look at you know, when you look at marketing, what do you think is the next thing that that we're really going to have to contend with in the next five years? Oh, you know, this is a great question, and the thing, the area that I'm really trying to keep the pulse on from myself from an educational standpoint is artificial intelligence. Yeah. So AI is fascinating. And I cannot consume information fast enough on it, mm -hmm. um, but it, it's it's touching all aspects of our life. But it's going to play a critical factor in in marketing and where marketing is going and marketing automation. Um, 
you know, and I think a lot of people have some fears and reservations around it. It's probably because they don't, they're not aware of it, but really it's already in our lives. Yeah. You know, I mean, this every, I, you know, Google, you start typing an email and it finishes the sentence for you. That's artificial intelligence. Yeah. You know, we, we've got, this is happening all over the place already. And, and there's a, a ton of examples out there like that. None of them coming to the top of my head at the moment. Um, yeah. But this is definitely an area that I highly recommend everyone pay attention to, um, not just in, in marketing, but it's going to become part of our daily routines more so than it already is more and more. Mm -hmm. I agree because it's such so, so wide reaching, but you look at some of the, some of the stuff that it could do for us mm -hmm. in the world of marketing. Uh, it could simplify some things. It could, uh, could gather information that takes time consuming or sure. uh, otherwise difficult now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's interesting. And, and I think you're right. A hundred percent. And it and it moves so fast too. Mm -hmm. it moves so fast at what's happening. And you look at just even some of the tools that are available now that are using a little bit more AI than the other ones in the past. And it's, it's crazy what they can do intuitively. Well, and that's that's kind of the concept of AI is that it needs time to collect the data to help start making some of these intelligent decisions. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's that's thanks for sharing that. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just stay there. Cause, well, because my mind starts to I mean, when you when you think about what we've gone through in the last even five years mm -hmm. in the world of big data, the, the the points that we're collecting now and the way that we can analyze stuff and even you know even now in the in the work that i do uh managing millions of data points not even really thinking about it anymore mm -hmm. yeah and and drawing conclusions from them we never did that five six years ago like sure. we do now yep. or or very few did mm -hmm. uh, and now it's available to anyone so I, I'm excited about what AI will do, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's you're thinking that's going to be one of the next things that we get to deal with mm -hmm. and utilize because it, it some of the things it's going to bring is going to be really fun. Totally, yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be. I don't know enough to speak about it, but what I've observed and and digested from you know my own research already is it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Lori, thanks so much for being here today. I really, I mean, you, you hit a couple, you hit the high points that I wanted to hit, you know, talking about generating content. You talk about how do I, how do I know if it's working? That was the one, that was the first question I wrote right at the top. How do I know if it's working? And I think you explained that well. It's really about, you know, putting those goals out there, sitting down with whoever you're working with and really understanding the goals and go, this, this is how we're going to measure if it's working or not. And then you, you laid down another thing that, that I hadn't planned on that was really good is, hey, marketing gets the leads. The salespeople still need to close those leads. Yep. Boom. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. So thanks so much for being here today, Lori. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I want to say hi to James. He was listening, dropped a comment a while ago. Thanks so much. Um, but I just appreciate you being here. I appreciate Appreciate you uh, sharing like you do and helping everyone so much. Just learn how to navigate this this awesome. marketing jungle. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to always share. You know, I'm practicing what we're preaching. So yeah, That's good stuff. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. You Tons bet.
Well, if if anyone wants to, to talk to Lori, hey, reach out to Lori Hybe on LinkedIn or find her on keystoneclick.com and you can get some help with your marketing right there. Thanks so much, everyone, be, for being here today on the Faces of Business. This is Damon Postolka with Lori Hybe. We're out for today. Bye.